helping our teens understand just because they don't look like you doesn't, doesn't mean that they don't care. Yeah. Because there's so many people that did not look like me that cared so much. What we've got to do is sometimes really, you know, pull down that, that mask that we sometimes wear. Hello, everybody. I hope you are doing well. Jason Dennis here with WTVM, a TV news anchor and runner and Christian hosting uh, the Run the Race podcast, as I have for the last uh, three plus years. We appreciate you joining us. I know you have a lot of different options on the podcast realm. I have a, a great guest talking about some real uh, serious and fun things related to faith and uh, fitness today. Um, and But I recorded the conversation with him uh, last week, and this was before we had a string of violence happening happening in West Georgia here in the Columbus area, south of Atlanta. And um, I, I reached out to him and got his opinion on this. This is Rodney Close, uh, who I'm talking to today on this podcast. And um, he is uh, has, he works with about 650 kids through local boys and girls clubs uh, here in the Chattahoochee Valley, again, in kind of East Alabama, West Georgia area. And uh, so he, he helps these, you know, essentially, you know, seven or five to, to 17 year olds uh, kind of, you know, have their life on the straight and narrow. And it's uh, really sad to see what we've seen here locally with the violence involving youth. In fact, uh, this past Friday night at a gas station here in Columbus, Georgia, we had nine children shot in one incident. Uh, it was a five-year-old, but the rest of them were 12 to 17 years old. And so I, I reached out to Rodney to, just to get his opinion on this, you know, leading up to this podcast coming out. He said, it's very disappointing to hear the number of kids that were shot over the weekend. As a community and a city, we've got to figure out a way to get our kids back instead of losing them to gangs and gun violence. It's time for us to sit at the table and figure out how to solve this problem sooner rather than later. I agree wholeheartedly with Rodney, and um, you know, he is somebody leading the way in terms of trying to help these kids have positive influences. Rodney comes from a, a single-parent home, so he knows what it's like to, to you know have a hard life and not have uh, that those male mentors in your life, and, and he's one for so many in our community. And uh, later on in this podcast, after my uh, chat with him, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about one thing that I think is at the center of all this is love. Um, having everybody having love in some way and biblical type love. And also I'm going to close this out in prayer, talking about some of this violence that really need to, to have prayer at the center of it in terms of the, the solution. But uh, until then, here is my conversation and introduction of the one and only Rodney Close. I just celebrated my 47th birthday. Uh, my guest for today is just a few years older than me, but it looks younger than me. Um, so uh, you, you can't see him on the, the podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to uh, open up and share his story. Um, in fact, uh, he works for the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Chattahoochee Valley here in uh, West Georgia and been with the, the organization for almost three decades. And uh, I've had the honor for the last 10 years to be one of the MCs of their Youth of the Year program. And, you know, we talk about faith and fitness on this podcast. 
And it's, you know, so important, you know, we kids are interested in sports, kids are maybe sometimes they're attending church or not or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's so important to uh, lift up kids for doing the right yeah. things. Because a lot of times, you know, on the news, what I do for a living, we talk about, you know, juveniles or p kids and people in their 20s doing the wrong things, but so important to talk about people doing the right things. And that's what my, uh, my guest is going to talk about here today. And uh, it is um, uh, Rodney Close. He is the president and CEO, like I said, of our local Boys and Girls Clubs for the last 10 years. He brought in that Youth of the Year program. Uh, he was uh, with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Metro Atlanta for the eight years before that and several different jobs. Also has worked with the organization um, in Mitchell County, Camilla, Georgia, and in Columbus, Georgia before that. But before that, he was uh, a graduate of the University of Georgia. Go dogs! My son is there now, and uh, he was a baseball letterman there. Uh, we're going to talk to him about all kinds of things, you know, faith and fitness related, uh, Black History Month, and uh, it's uh, crazy. He also ran an Ironman, which is kind of something you may not know about him, so uh, excited to talk to him about that. I'm not sure if he likes running as much anymore, but uh, he rerolled his eyes there when I said that. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much, Rodney, for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, you know, you talked, uh, you know, off mic about how you love your job, yeah. and to be, you know, with the same nonprofit, same organization for 28 years says a lot yeah. and so um, this is a first of all you know um, tell us you know for those maybe not as familiar with boys sure. and girls clubs they, they hear that boys and girls and, and you're helping young people but what exactly does your organization do at the different clubs and yeah, cities sure. across America sure boys and girls clubs has been around here in Columbus for like 85 years and we just we're celebrating 85 years of just uh, serving kids and in the community uh, boys, I mean, Boys and Girls Clubs is just an, a, an after-school program, one of the, the most recognizable brand that you can see throughout this country. We're very fortunate to have one here in Columbus. Uh, our, the community here has rallied around this organization for so many years. When it was first Boys Club, when it, now we're Boys and Girls Clubs, which that changed like in 1997 when I was here, where the first girl was installed in Boys and Girls. And so our goal is when kids leave Boys and Girls Clubs that they're healthy, that they're educated, and that they're employable. And you know, we, uh, the majority of our population, 69% of our kids uh, are coming from single-parent households like I grew up with a mother that raised me by herself that also had a community involved. And so our goal is just to make sure that we're able to really provide an affordable after-school program, which is $50 a year, uh, to enroll in our after-school program and also uh, $250 for the summer program, so which is pretty much very affordable. We scholarship our teens. We took that away uh, probably about seven, six years ago, and one the reason behind that because we wanted to make sure that there was no barriers that was keeping our teens from coming, and at that point it was more of trying to get the parents to come in to pay. We, we needed the application, but we did get the application, so we said, you know, that's good enough for us because that's the most vulnerable group of kids right now in America are teens. And so we want to make sure that they get there and they can be productive adults as well. Yeah, and you have a teenager yourself, a 15-year-old son I, I, in high I, school? I do, soon to be 16. <laughs> He's driving and uh, uh, with me in the car now, but 16 and about um, in the May. And so uh, 
that's uh, an experience. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, you're you're living uh, out what like, these moms and dads right. that you, you yes. interact with for Boys yes. and Girls Club, and you know, so having that perspective you have as been a long yeah. time with this organization, sure. and now a dad of a teenager yourself, you know, what? Um, why are you so passionate about um, yeah. giving these kids a, a hand up oh. and uh, helping them stay out of trouble? Because who knows? Oh. Like, I mean, the, just just one decision sure. a kid makes can send them down the wrong. Path. You know, I grew up um, in South Georgia, which is great, and I loved it. And um, I, I met my father when I was eight. He had fought in Vietnam, and I never forget the day that I met him. And God pulls up in a blue Corvette, uh, gives me a wallet, and says, "Hey, I'm your dad." You know, my mom never taught me to dislike my father. Uh, however, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time together as before he passed away. But I had a grandfather who really uh, meant the world to me. The things that I've learned in my work ethic came from my grandfather, who meant so much to me that my son's name is Jackson Bennett Close. My grandfather's name was JB, so uh, so we call him JB for short. So uh, he never got a chance to see my son, but my grandmother did before she passed away. And so for me, it's just making sure uh, that you know he has all the twos and that things that you know I didn't have as a father but there was a a growing community around the church and others that really supported us and so uh, but for me is the fact that I know what it felt like I know we had the support around the community the church coaches coaches that helped me along the way to send me to camps to take me off to college when my mother had a car that couldn't make it to you know, to the University of Georgia, take me down to Florida State. So, but there were people that even didn't look like me that really helped me, and I and I try to help our kids understand, you know, that uh, you know, you can be able to juggle that on both sides. You know, you got to be able to you know, meet people where they are, like they meet us where we are, and just helping pe helping our teens understand, just because they don't look like you doesn't doesn't mean that they don't care. Yeah, because there's so many people that did not look like me that cared so much that I owe so much to so yeah and you're talking mean, you know, this is uh, yeah. it, we're kind of in the middle of February sure. about a week and a half left um, and um, Black History Month um, how important is that to talk about because you know we have yeah. these you know where we feel like maybe things are getting better and then you sure. know incidents happen maybe with police or not yeah. and, and it kind of brings this uh, bubbles to the surface, uh, race, yeah. and just the, um, you know, but it seems like that color is not something that is maybe, I don't know if talked about or seen at the Boys and Girls Club. It's just something that is yeah. like, it's just like, we're going to love you and treat so you like a human being. We, we treat kids just like they're our own, you know. Our goal is, you know, providing a better opportunity for kids than probably some of their parents had or uh, did not have. And but it's all about uh, helping them to reach their full potential. And, you know, um, I think about my career and where I'm at. There were so many people that literally, you know, I've, I've interviewed for one job my entire life. And after that, it was about, I mean, who is this? I mean, the, the caliber of that person. And yeah. then people, hey, call you for jobs and this and that. And so, and that's a good feeling to have when you people realize that, wow, this guy, or any kid, anybody growing up. I mean, they have a, a record of, you know, really producing and doing what they want to do. And so, so my, my goal is, is helping folks to realize, you know, and I think what helped me starting at the bottom of an organization, working, making $4 an hour, 
when I was in college mm. and to now being able to support my family and do something I enjoy every day, that I wake up every day trying to figure out a way, how can we help our youth in our community? I mean, I'm blessed, and so I thank God for that. Yeah, making more than $4 an hour now, hopefully. A- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, speaking, you know, with uh, it made me think, but you talk mm-hmm. about how people, you know, um, treat you no matter, you know, mm-hmm. what they look like. And um, one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. from his I Have a Dream sure. speech about how, you know, our... Yeah, the hope is our kids will be judged by not the color of their skin, but the That's content of their character. Yes. And so, you know, it, it's your your um, who if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, that doesn't determine your That's character. That's correct. You know, so it, it's it's uh, pretty amazing. And you know, part of your job is to you know your job and, and all your staff is That's to right. mentor these right. young men and women. And um, you were telling me off mic that you know you put all your faith in God, and it's. If it's meant to happen, it will happen. Absolutely. So how important is that? Um, you know, what role does faith play in the organization? I know there's separation of church and state. What role does faith play in, in, in your sure. life and in, in what, the, what you guys do? I, I tell you, in my life, I mean, we stand with my grandfather and grandmother and uncles and aunts and my mom and I share in a twin, twin bed. Uh, you didn't, if you didn't go to church, you was either sick or out of town. And we walked. We lived on a dirt road, and it was probably not even a mile, I would say, to church. This uh, is in South Georgia? South Georgia and Bainbridge. And so uh, I, I, I had a, I learned to really, how we read scriptures, and I mean, the 23rd song, how we really, you know, was able to be, the, I think I was just the secretary of the Sunday school class at some point in time as they graduated out, then you were next. We sung in the choir, you know, uh, things of that nature. And really, you know, there were older ladies there that really kind of, you know, really took us by the, you know, the, you know, just took us and really guided us along the way. And it just became, you know, my faith and just kind of knowing as I've gotten older, you know, sometimes there's things you worry about and then sometimes I realize, you know, you know, if it's meant to be, it will happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. And so I began with my faith and my wife and I both is just really putting all the trust and faith in God in us and just guiding us to be to do the right thing. You know, uh, of course, growing up and as a young kid, I mean, we did we were mischief and did things in college. And but you know, the older you get, you you, you know you you know uh, you, you look look to the hills, you know, to where the man's at upstairs, and really just ask for guidance. And I ask him for guidance to help us to really, you know, be able to serve the kids in this community, able to, to change your lives. You know, we had a young man, you know, Elijah, last week. A couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, where that's going to, you know, Georgia Southern. I mean, a smart young man that really has put in the work. So our goal is just, just helping kids and really just helping them to to spread their wings as far as they can, Jason. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, with your uh, with with that faith in mind, yeah. um, does uh, are the kids? 
Um, you know, like they may come from like huh? like you, a single parent household, huh? and maybe they're not. They don't go to church, or maybe they don't have that mm-hmm. foundation at home. So you guys, not that you're replacing the parents, but you're you're providing that you know that guidance that maybe they're not getting anywhere else. Well, and I tell you, we have also allowed young life and wildlife to come in, and you know it's just like school kids. Sometimes, hey, they want to. You can opt in if you want to. You can not opt in if you want to. So I just feel personally that one our kids need it and so I mean it's one of those situations where I think all kids need to have some kind of faith and and and, and be able to you know, um, you know get on your knees and, and really you know ask the good man for forgiveness and get your life right because at some point in time and like I told my son you're gonna have to get right with the man and it's not me your dad it's the man upstairs and so I, I I mean, for me, I mean, that's just the way I was raised. I mean, I learned how to raise hymns in church and things of that nature. So I just want, and I want him to realize, you know, because at some point in time, you're going to be, you may get in a little bit of trouble, you may, but you're going to need some help. Yeah. You may just need help with a test, but you may need some help. And so I think the good man will, I mean, as long as you're in good grace with him and you're not just calling him when you need something, he's going to be there for you. Yeah. And so that's the conversation I have with him because, that's what got me through. I never forget one day, and I tell you this little story. My roommate and I were at Georgia. He was from Coffee County. We played against each other in high school, and we were roommates. A good friend of mine, one of my best friends, and and it was a Sunday, and the cafeteria was closed. This is at UGA in the University 1990s. of Georgia, yeah. McWhorter Hall, where the athletes were, uh, and he and I, we had not a red cent to eat on. <laughs> when I lie, I, this is the God honest truth. And then we heard this knock on the door. And these guys, I mean, apparently the, one of the Baptist youth churches uh, on campus said, hey, you know, we got the spaghetti dinner in the, in, in the, hall, in the uh, mess hall. And I tell you what, I mean, <laughs> things like that, when you just, when you do the right thing in life, things happen. Yeah. Good, good things happen. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, whether you're 15 years old yeah. or 25 or 55 yeah. or whatever, you know, you do, you know, get... I mean, frustrated with life because yeah. sometimes things just don't go yeah. as planned. Yeah. And like you were talking about, you know, if it's meant to happen, if it's God's will. And sometimes, you know, we want things to happen in a certain time and they just don't. Yeah. I mean, it's God's timing. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, not to say that, I mean, we're human, we're flesh. Sure. We, we can get frustrated with it, um, but it's something that we've got to, you know, work yeah. on. Um, and for you, you know, um, does it, you know, as a, as a dad and as a husband, um, mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, interacting with your son and saying you got to get right with the man upstairs. Um, does that guide you too in terms of making that a priority? Because I mean, you obviously right. have a job that you care deeply yeah. about that you've been in for you know twenty eight years. But I guess you know the job of of husband and dad are, yeah. are priorities. Yeah. yeah, you know, my wife is my high school sweetheart. She went to the University of Georgia as well. Uh, she and I have been married a little bit over twenty five years, and she is the eye of my life and just how we grew up together and and you know have a little bit more than we had when we grew up, grew up. But, <laughs> uh, but no it's just you know it's just the three of us and the dog who's Max and so for us it's just you know we know what spirituality has meant to us you know and, and of course as you have kids you really try to help them understand what it means to them. Prime example when we before we when we, before we turned over to be Methodists we were actually Baptists However, we found a very good Methodist church in town, St. Mary's Road United Methodist Church, where uh, Miss uh, um, um, 
just drew, just drew a blank that missed uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what excuse, happens as we get older. Well, yeah, so, so Rose McRae, <laughs> you know, went there and just fell in love with just the youth program, and yeah. we knew we were going to be fine. And so, really, it's just you know, for him to really be able to to uh, to, to understand you know the opportunities and, and and the good man and the word because at some point we all need it yeah you know? and you know and and um you know i mean maybe unfortunately in sure. some ways on the, they they've said before that sunday mornings can be some of the most segregated you know you yeah. have uh, so-called black churches or white mm-hmm. churches or whatever else um and um i mean you know so how do you feel about in terms of just diversity and and yeah. faith and, sure. and different congregations because i mean People worship different ways, and mm-hmm. I don't think we should judge. But um, I think it's something that is, you know, is talked about sure. in America. You know, um, how I grew up in South Georgia, and you know, I think it was just my grandfather, and just we were very close, blacks and whites, and during our day, and, you know, my mother would transport some of my white friends home, and vice versa, they would tra- take me home, and it was, you know, it was great. Uh, you know, unlike it is today, yeah. and and I think it's getting better. I'm seeing something, seeing sides of what we're, we're we're talking about it, which that, is that's good. Right, that's right. And so, um, um, uh, I would say that for me, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I think we're all created equally under God's eye, and for. Uh, those that want to, you know, pick and choose is their preference. But for us, it's, I mean, we have been, I mean, I mean, to, to both congregations before, I mean, it, and, but, you know, but of course grew up Baptist and as a Baptist, grandfather was a Baptist minister and so uh, learned how to do a whole lot of raising hymns and all that. But, but you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't, ma- it never really mattered to us. You know, I know I'm a, an African-American male, uh, I, I feel very confident in myself. Wherever we go, it doesn't matter. The uh, you know where if it's white, black, what it just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So I just take a stance of going and really being able to just worship and get my food for the soul for the weekend. Yeah. Back at it. And you know, growing up sure. in South Georgia, playing baseball, sure. good enough to play on the college level at, at UGA and be drafted. Uh, into the major leagues, do you think that, like you know, playing sports like like a baseball, sure. do you think that um, helps um, eliminate that wall of, of of race? Because I mean, you're all on the uh, same team and and you have uh, that common interest. Well, you uh, gr- great question you bring up. You know, it's uh, very challenging for African American males right now in the, in the game of baseball. And I'd be very honest with you. Uh, I mean, I see it's more. Uh, uh, Caucasians that are playing than African American males, and I see some things that, uh, be very honest, that along the lines of just you know high school baseball, travel balls, where a lot of people that look like me don't get the opportunities, and really, it's disappointing. And uh, when you know, I know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of great athletes of, of color that are just amazing, and sometimes it's just you. You, know, you get a lot. You get some of the coaches that really just, um, you know, have their favorites, but don't give the opportunity to uh, allow uh, more African Americans to really, you know, sh- show what they can do. And uh, that's been it's been a little disappointing to kind of see. And you go to games, and you know, and but I think 
you know. Because you, you didn't feel like that was that was something that was for back in when you back played. Back in my day, we was we, we was just you know, I mean, you can tell who was good and who was. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, that about me, but I knew I had to find a way out of Bainbridge, and my yeah. mom wasn't going to be able to pay for me to go to college. I had to figure out a way to make it happen, and the good Lord found a way for me to go to a university that. I love and so but I will say it's uh, it's that that piece bothers me a little bit because there's so many young black males that are coming up that has a lot of potential but sometimes just don't get the opportunity because they already have identi been identified or just have someone that's already going to be plugged in and so I, we talk about that a lot I mean I think this is that, that issue is in them in the major leagues and I've heard them talk about it and just trying to really, you know, the game of inner city baseball and communities and, and, and things of that nature. But I hope it, I hope it gets better because yeah. if not, I mean, you're not going to see many minorities out there playing baseball. Yeah, and even yeah. like they, I mean, we've talked about it in different other sports as well, mm -hmm. like, the, you know, for coaches in the NFL yeah, and, yeah. And, and providing, you yeah. know, uh, as long as everybody gets a fair shake that's, and equal right. opportunity right. and then let the chips fall. they were Because, I mean, talent, you know, the cream will rise to the top, that's you know, right. and, uh, that's people, right. and you should be able to clearly right. see somebody's better yeah. than somebody else, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, in, in any in aspect of it. Um, and um, do you, you know, in terms of you're talking about whether it be sports or mm -hmm. boys and girls club or whatever, um, having those role models like yourself being an African American mm -hmm. male, yeah. do you think that allows you an opportunity to to reach other young men of color that? that maybe somebody else maybe couldn't reach in, in, in a different way? You know, you know um, I would say for me, I, I you know, I'm, I'm very transparent and I just try to, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't preach. I, I, <laughs> I kind of just really encourage and yeah. really try to t tell my story. Because some folks may think, hey, wow, he just, wow, he just had the best, which I did. I had folks that supported me, which was a loving mother who I love dearly, who really and truly, without her, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. And uh, she worked factory work, and just uh, we never, we never went without food. Yeah. And she's my biggest, biggest fan, and uh, she comes up because we only have one grandchild, and just she's just, she's just that person that really, when I see single parent mothers. And sometimes how they really, you know, treat their kids, I get a little concerned. Yeah. Because of my mother who worked factory jobs all her life and she we never went without food. And so she is my hero to this day and she knows I love her. We talk about a couple of times out of the week. That's great. She comes up to visit, but uh, I mean, she's I couldn't have made it without her. Yeah, and, yeah, and really. that shows you the importance yeah, of yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether you have one parent or That's whatever, right. yeah. or, or adopted, I mean, right. the importance of that home life. Because, yeah. I mean, Boys and Girls Clubs can do yeah. a lot, right. but what happens at home is a huge yeah. deal yeah. for folks. Yeah. Yeah. And um, do you feel like that, you know, um, the, the path some people take that, I mean, they see you and they say, I'll say, look, they look at Rodney Close oh. or maybe some of the other people that work sure. at Boys and, and they say, well, like, successful and, and has done well, but but having a successful oh. life now um, doesn't mean you didn't have some bumps and bruises oh. along the way, right? There was, I tell you what, there, you know, <laughs> the, the trials of Job were in, in front of you sometimes. It's just one of those situations, you know, you know, nothing substitute for hard work. And, and and one wanted just just to be able to sit at the table with 
other executives when I was coming through the ranks of Boys and Girls Clubs and just really listening and learning how did they get where they were. To me, I just, I mean, it just all came, it just all came into play at some point in time where just, you know, when you work hard, it's not like you're working hard for the next job. People realize it. And I think that's what happened. I think that's why, you know, people would call and say, Rodney, are you interested in things of that nature? And so uh, you just have to be ready. I mean, you just never know. People watch you all the time. And I mean, you can you know, tell my son, you know, hey, if you want to be a good ball player, you know, you, you can't take a playoff. It's the way you act in the dugout, the way you act on the field. And he's a good kid, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I think whether it be sports or life or your sure. career, being coachable. Yes. I mean, like, you know, I mean, whether you are brand new yep. in the business or whether you've been in it for 30, right. 40 years being a coach, right. that, like you've never really arrived. You're always arrived. trying to, right. to, to, to get better. I, I'm a, a North Carolina Tar Heel basketball fan, and our new coach, Hubert Davis, um, one of the things that he tells his teammate, his 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 um, some of his players, whether they're you know they're starters or they're you know tenth or twelfth right. on the bench, he says you know there will be opportunities that will come up. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready. That's right. To grab that. That's and right. so you know, listen, you have to be ready when that door opens. Yeah. Like, are you ready to walk in, walk oh. through that door? You yeah. know. Um, so it's important stuff. Um, and uh, we were talking about baseball earlier. Um, sure. You know, fitness is important for you. And it is. I'm sure, like, you grew up, like, it was, like, it was training, training, training. It might be a little different now, now that you're uh, in your early 50s. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, is that something important for you it, to, it to stay in shape? Uh, oh, it is. You know, the older we get, the more vain we get, right? <laughs> you know how that goes. Just, you know, I like, I know when I, when I work out, run, bike, whatever, swim, I feel good. I mean, I wake up at, we wake, I, my wife and I, we wake up at 4.30. Um, On purpose? Yes. <laughs> because I learned before by some older gentlemen that were board members when I was in, in South Georgia. I used to why are you guys walking so early in the morning? Nobody's going to call a meeting that time of morning. Yeah. You won't be interrupted. You won't be interrupted whatsoever. So literally you have the you know the entire morning to go in and work out and just really get really just feel good ready for the day and and so for me since my son was born I mean we that's that's what I I mean I go early so I can have the afternoon to spend time with family or go to whatever it may be uh, and so that fulfills me uh, I'm, it makes me feel like I'm fit and ready to go for the day and. Uh, and when I do that about five, about four or five days a week. Ooh, I, I know that, like, you know, I've, I'm more a runner now, yeah. mostly, exclusively, for the last nine or ten years. And my son ran track and cross country for Columbus High School, a rival of your, your son's school, yeah. Northside High. And, uh, you know, back six, seven years ago, I could beat him in a race, you know, yeah. no problem. But then yeah. th there became a, a shift where he yeah. was better and faster yeah. than me, and that was left me in the dust. So do you, not that you compete, oh, oh. Do, you, do you compete with your son? Do you, I, do, do you like, you know, hit him some balls, or does he, you pitch or anything to well, him? Well, uh, let me go back to the race. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, never, I, yes, I never forget. Um, we're out in, in front of the subdivision and you know, and I said, let's let's just let's race. Okay, yeah. And you can imagine what happened. How old was he at this point? He had to be probably because he was running track. I would say probably, uh, uh, probably eleven or twelve. Okay, all right. And 
Lord behold, I pulled a hamstring. Oh, in, in this short little race. Yes. Oh, yes okay. So you yes. lost. Yeah, well, yes. Your pride. And, and I, your, and, <laughs> yes. And I had a hamstring that was <laughs> nagging me all oh, week. But no, I've I've come to grips with. I, I I can't even I can't even hold a toe to what he can do. But yeah. He, but you have that experience, and, yeah. and he's playing baseball. And I, I imagine there's a, a sense of pride, and, and you know, kind of what he's going through. But the but like you probably have to like. Pump the brakes and or or not be like coach your dad um, more so. Well, I mean I don't know maybe maybe you try to be coach. <laughs> well, uh, I've become I've, I've started asking would you like would you like some pointers? Do you mind if I share something with sure. you instead of really just saying you need to do this? Yeah. So I've changed my approach a little okay, bit. Okay. So I get asking permission. Yes. Would you like to have some? Pointers here. That's good in marriage too. You know? Well, yes. <laughs> well, you should never get pointers. <laughs> you should just be like, "Yes, ma'am, yeah. uh, I, I love you." What? What? You're right. But yeah. he'll 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 say sure, and I say, "Hey, you, you know, you may want to, you know, hey, let's work work middle away instead of trying to pull everything." And okay. so, because middle away, you have an opportunity if you're trying to pull everything, that's not going to be be successful. So I mean, he's he's starting to listen, but uh, it took a while, you know. But you know. Did y'all yeah. play the same pos- position or? Yes, he. Pl- I played outfield. Okay. Uh, he's playing center field on the JV team at Northside, and uh, and uh, he's um, he has tools. He can be as good as he wants to be. Okay. And that's but that's always going to be on them. On him. <laughs> that's a very general statement. He, he can be as good as he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, yes. So. And uh, I'm not sure if this was pre or post hamstring pull, but you are telling me uh, you ran. Um, an Ironman sure. um, in Louisville, Kentucky, yep. just a little north of here. Um, so tell me about that. Why Was this a half Ironman or full? And It was a full. Okay, and why did you decide to do you this? You know, I had actually dibbled when we were in Atlanta. I think the first, uh, I never forget, um, did a little, um, just a, a sprint. And never forget the first time I did that sprint. I thought I was ready on the swim. Didn't have on a wetsuit, had kind of like a little skin suit with a little half right here. And got out there swimming, and Lord knows I thought I was gonna drown. I found the, I found the quickest boat that was around and latched onto it. So after that, I said, you know, I gotta come back. And we, this was in Carrollton. And did that race again, and ended up doing um, 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 uh, Augusta Half Ironman. I didn't know how to do to put in the nutrition. I, I learned that later when I got here and started actually working with Joanne called when she was my coach. She would send me uh, my schedule on a Sunday night, and that would be my workout for the week. And I t- and it was a goal. I never forget. I said, "Hey, I signed up for it," and then I had to go find a coach. And I'll tell you. I never thought I would be able to do it. And she would just say, oh, Rodney, you're gonna be fine. And I'm like, are you sure? You're gonna be fine. <laughs> and you were in your 30s, maybe? Uh, I, 26, 2016 is when I did that. Okay, yeah. oh, so that, that's pretty recently, yeah. yeah. If you ever wanna come by my office and see the So you were, like, you were like 45 years old, okay, yeah, so yeah, all yeah. right, go, all right. And, and so, um, you know, I put the work in, you know, cold mornings in the pool at the auditorium here and just, uh, Long rides. Uh, I, I wanted to do it really, really early so I could get back home and watch college football and not spend too much time away from the family. And it worked. And uh, I'll never forget just uh, the morning of that race. And you know, you're swimming in the Ohio River, and I'm like, I, I'm not gonna sit in line 
lied to you. I was like, am I going to make this? Uh, if this I is open water. Open yeah, water. Yeah. If yeah. I can get out of the water, I'm good. And I never forget, like 1,500 meters later, well before I got out, my calf started cramping. I'm like, oh, God. And but I ended up getting out, and honestly, it was end up finishing below the did not finish piece. So I was happy that I completed in like 14 hours and something. Wow. Can't remember. And uh, but it was something that when you put your mind to something. Here's a guy that wasn't a great wasn't a great swimmer at all, you know, not a great long distance runner. I had ran a couple of half marathons at, in Publix at the Publix event up in Atlanta. Yeah, and um, but if you do the work, put the time in, and really focus, I mean, you can do anything you want to. Because I never thought in my life I would be able to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did, what else did it teach you? I mean, you know, about faith, about life, about just about yourself well, that maybe it, you didn't know? It, one, you put your mind to anything that you want to do that you can do it. And for me, it was, you know, I, I put my body to a test that I never thought I would be able to do. And, uh, and it's been 14 hours and some change out there on the on the highway, on a bike, 114 mile bike, 112, I think, and then mm -hmm. a, a full marathon after yeah. that. After all that, well, swimming, then the biking, then then you I go did, out. After the after the biking, <laughs> I got off, and Lord, I started cramping. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, now I've got to oh. go run for like four or five hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was great uh, to see the the family at the finish line. Yeah. So any no uh, any marathons or Ironmans in your future? Done. Done. done? Okay. Done. Okay. I'm, I'm done. We're I'm, done with this. Is I'm checking all the boxes. So, so you've you've kind of made it through the midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so, but no, that was it. Was great though. Yeah. Thanks to Joanne, I give her props for that. She really. Yeah, Joanne Co. As she and she's a, a Columbus City Councilwoman yep. now. So That's there right. you go. So she can maybe help out Boys and Girls Club from a different perspective. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> she did see me. Hey, you ready for another? I'm done, Joanne. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> We're gonna keep asking you those questions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last thing, sure. and we'll, we'll kind of circle back a little bit, Rodney, about um, your, you know, um, this life of service, so kind of looking back and, you know, not that you're retiring, you, you, you've got, you know, yeah. you're maybe only halfway through, you know, but um, tell me about what, what has it meant to you to be able to kind of give back? Because like you said, you, you've, mm -hmm. you've had a, you had a mom that really like sacrificed for you. I mean, you can get emotional talking yeah. about her and about that. And uh, a grandfather that mentored yeah. you, and, and a community that surrounded you, no matter you know, you know, people are white or black yeah. or whatever. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to kind of be now on the other side of that? And and um, I imagine very rewarding to be able to to mm -hmm. kind of see these success stories um, along yeah. the way. You know, it. it uh, we don't. It, we're we're a team. We have a team at our office. We have um, we ranging from eight. I mean from. 20 years of age to some of our bus drivers that are a little bit more seasoned than I am and you know they help us to transport and get our kids to the clubs daily which are some amazing uh, women and men that are doing that for us. It gives me an opportunity to you know I try to be as real and just meaning real from a perspective of just um, approachable to, to our staff, uh, to, uh, to our kids and some of them say, you're the boss. I said, no, we're, I'm, I'm not the boss. You guys are the boss. You tell us by how you vote by coming to the club that you like what you see. And so for me, I just, I'm at a point in life now. My job is to help young people 
middle class. It doesn't matter who you are to really reach their full potential. And if I could be a part of it, that's great. I mean, I don't care for any credit. The only credit I, I would love when, when kids leave Boys and Girls Clothes and they're doing well. And even our staff. I mean, those staff that we promote from a within. Because it's one of those things where someone along the way helped me. And my goal is to help someone to get where they want to be. Uh, this generation wanted quick and in a hurry. I'll tell you, my, my career has been probably the best. It wasn't quick and in a hurry. Every move that I made, it was a calculated move, not made by me, but the good man that said, hey, this is where you need to go. You need to go to Camilla, which had a heck of a board down in South Georgia, which is probably one of the best boards ever. And then I had a chance to work in Atlanta, all over Atlanta, and loved it. And, and then to be asked to come back to Columbus where we could spend time, quality time, with a son that I got to see the coaches T-ball teamed all the way up to uh, when he got through A-ball. And so for me, uh, you know, I, I, and, and I just say it's just, it's just great, but I just, I just want our, our folks to know that you do the right thing, good things will happen. And so, uh, and I just, I mean, that to me it's just, I'm one of the team, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been times we've been short on a bus where we had some transportation issues with the school district. I hop on. I hopped on the bus and drove. So to me, it does. I mean, I'll do whatever it takes. Getting your hands dirty, it doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't yeah. matter at all. I That's heard it. on a recent sermon from a pastor I listen to sometimes, Mark Driscoll. He was doing a, a, a sermon on marriage, and this can apply to life too. Sure. He said, "If selfishness is the problem, which it is mm -hmm. with all of us, yeah. we're all selfish, yeah. and especially you know as we you know kind of growing up and." Um, if selfishness is the problem, serving is the solution. That's right. In marriage and in life, whatever, because so. And, and what would you say to folks, you know, as we close out here about serving others and, and, and whether it be volunteering for Boys and Girls Club or whatever else you choose to do? Because people think, oh, well, that's going to take time and got to fit that into my schedule. And I don't feel like I'm worthy or I'm good enough. But I mean, what? What does that do for folks if you go out and choose to kind of serve and you put others before yourself? You know, it's you know, there's so many people in need and just really looking for advice. And I think what we've got to do is sometimes really, you know, pull down that that mask that we sometimes wear where we want to hide everything. And but I think it's you know, Columbus. What I've seen just through our organization through what I see now is that a community that's really trying to find a way how we save our kids mm -hmm. from what we're seeing too much of. And I think from a, I mean, um, perspective of helping, you know, you know, staff, young people, I think people, I, th I think people are willing to listen. People know when you're genuine and then, and then that you care, and then they know when you're not very genuine. And I think, you know, one thing I love about Columbus is that it's so generous. You know, we couldn't do the work without this community in Columbus, I couldn't, I tell you. And, and, and we've, been, we've had very generous supporters along the way and that have helped our kids and uh, along the way. And so we've, we just gotta, you know, reach out. And I mean, some, sometimes, Extending that olive branch is a good thing, and good things happen. And, and if not, I mean, um, it just it just may not be the timing. The timing may not be right. So yeah. 
but I think it's just we're, you know, uh, we're on this earth to, to help one another, to help folks get through, you know, the, the bad times, the good times, and, and if we can do that and just really just um, embrace one another, I mean, we'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what kids and adults, yeah. I mean, want is to somebody to just hear them. That's right. Yeah, I mean, just to listen and to to be under, to be acknowledged that, like, hey, listen, I understand yeah. what you're going through. Yeah. I may not, I didn't live that yeah. life, but yeah. I but I hear you and and I see yeah. you. Um, and uh, you know, um, that you know, you hear so much negativity. I talked about yeah. at the beginning of, about youth today, and, and just about the world and America. Right. But do you feel like you know what you see on a daily basis at Boys and Girls Club? Do you, you feel like you have a hope for the future? That like, well, like you know, hey, sure, hey, there's there are some some bad you know people out there doing yeah. bad things, but there's a lot of good stuff. There's some things that I'm seeing in schools that are very good. I mean, it's bringing generations together. It's bringing different, you know, ethnicities together. It just really makes you feel that, you know, that the world is getting back to, you know, we just loving one another. It sure. doesn't matter who you, what you look like, if you're black, white, green, whatever. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, I mean, I mean it's only one person that's going to judge us, and we know who that is. So yeah. I think it's, I'm seeing a lot of uh, good things and, in, 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 you know, just in general, Throughout schools, you go to, you know, football games or basketball or baseball. You kind of really see, you know, what the future looks like, you know, and how they interacted with each other. Uh, and so I think there's, I think there's a lot of hope. I do. I, I think you're, I think you're seeing. I mean, don't. I mean, racism continuing to be there with everybody. I mean, but at some point in time, but you're seeing kids of different ethnicities that are really working well together, which is a good sign. Yeah. And for the future of our country. Yeah, absolutely. Well mm -hmm. said. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rodney Close. I appreciate getting to know you up close and personal thank a little you. bit more. So we appreciate uh, all that you do in all Boys and Girls oh. Club, the Chattahoochee Valley and across America, what what, what you guys do and continue to do. And, and uh, I know it's WTV and we are proud to be well, supporters of what you well, guys do. So, well, I, yeah. I thank you guys for what y'all do for us too. Yeah. You, yeah. And, you and the team. Absolutely. Holly, yeah. Holly and Barbara. Yeah. All, all, all of you. <laughs> well, thanks so, for joining us on the pod. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So great to hear from him. Uh, you know, Rodney is a, just a real down-to-earth guy, a great father and a husband, and a great leader in our community. And uh, so important that, as he, you know, kind of mentioned over and over again, that he, you know, got help all along the way and still getting help from people that don't look like him. And you know, I don't think you know that shouldn't matter in terms of you know only helping people that look like us or that are in the same socioeconomic status as us. And so you know, helping people no matter what, no matter you know their color, um, their their religion, uh, their their sex, um, their age, you know, no matter what, just helping people out. And uh, at the center of all that is love. And uh, we just had Valentine's Day about a week ago. And so, you know, talking about love a lot. And But we should, you know, not just wait for a holiday to do that. There's a verse that you probably know well and you hear about it, you know, during Valentine's Day a lot. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. This is from the uh, ESV version. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
So, uh, you know, talking about the, the action of love, it bears, it takes on the, the, the burden of all those things. It believes, hopes, endures, and, um, and, and love never ends. And uh, that love is the common denominator of how we relate to each other, to, to God, to ourselves, and, you know, love is our trademark. It should be as followers of Christ. And in, in the Bible, love is not really just, it's, it transcends feeling. It transcends emotion. It's much deeper and has a richer meaning. And sometimes we have to do things, you know, out of love, out of our comfort zone, or sometimes it's in our comfort zone. And so, uh, but we just have to have that love, you know, uh, loving others as ourself and, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so um, when we hear about this violence, like we've been seeing lately in our community, I'm sure you know all across the nation there's pockets of violence involving youth and domestic and, and kids shooting kids and, and black-on-black violence and, and um, you know, police-related things. So all this stuff, you know, um, that maybe where hatred is at the center of it. Let, let's put love at the center of, of how we, you know, reach down and pull other people up with us and not just, you know, passing them by. Um, like, you know, um, like the Good Samaritan in the Bible. That's a great lesson as well. So uh, we're going to close now in prayer talking about that. Dear God, just, uh, Lord, we, we look to you in these times of, of just uh, distress and um, tragedy and heartache for families of uh, people that have been a part of violence, whether they've died or been injured or whatever, Lord God, that you will just help the, the family unit come closer together. And as communities, that we can be the family. We can be the hands and feet of Christ uh, for so many people that are in need in our community that don't have those role models, that don't have a one parent or two parents. And, and uh, God, that we can just be there and stand in the gap and be a part of organizations like Boys and Girls Club that are doing so many wonderful things for for hundreds of kids, and a God that you will um, you will bring supernatural peace out of the chaos. You name me, pray, Amen. Well, thank you so much again, folks, for listening to the Run the Race podcast. Uh, we're on here just about every week talking about fitness or faith stuff. Sometimes talking about some serious things like this, um, but it's important to to have those discussions. And I appreciate Rodney stopping by and, and talking to us about um, a myriad of different things. Looking forward to, in the next few weeks, talking to folks about uh, some important things, about being physically and spiritually better as people. It's what we all want to do, right? Hope you guys have a great end of the month of February.